Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web3. Today, I'm going to be joined by Sami Ariane. And we're going to explore how to use NFTs for marketing and for business. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Sami Ariane. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Sami Ariane. If you don't know who Sami is, she's the founder of InPeak, an online learning platform that helps marketers and entrepreneurs learn Web3 and emerging technologies. She's author of Career Fear and How to Beat It and host of the Sami Ariane podcast. Sami, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So today, Sami and I are going to explore NFTs and how they can be used as a marketing tool. But before we go there, I would love to hear your backstory. How the heck did you get into crypto and NFTs? Start wherever you want to start. I think I, I've always been ahead of the curve in many ways, you know, like wherever I've been. If you think about the fact that I originally come from Iran, where I grew up, nobody spoke English. I taught myself English. Wow. I changed my destiny, essentially. And I was always ahead of everybody who was around me. So I've always wanted to kind of be at the forefront of whatever technology has to offer. Let me tell you something really funny that I don't think I have mentioned publicly in podcasts. I may have mentioned it once. I used to have dreams when I was like four years old, you know, uh, and I remember it. 
that I would open a book and it would turn into a screen. And many, many years later, when I saw an iPad for the first time, I was like, oh, this is like my dream, you know? And there's no way I would have, I could have seen that anywhere. There's no, you know, we didn't have a TV until I was six years old because it was like during the Iran-Iraq war where I grew up. So I don't know. I just feel like I have, like, I feel like there's something to do with technology and my life that's so intertwined. So i um, been always fascinated by technology. I love that. So somewhere along the line, you got an interest in this crazy world of crypto and NFTs. How'd that happen? First of all, I became super interested in AI. So for the past 10 years, you know, I started really getting quite deep into understanding AI. And then as I was doing all this research, I came across this thing called blockchain. And I was like, what is blockchain? So unlike most people who got into blockchain because they discovered Bitcoin and they took interest in the financial aspect of it. For me, it wasn't the case. I actually became interested in blockchain because I first understood when I read a book about blockchain. And when I read that book, I, I realized that this is going to disrupt Amazon. This is going to disrupt Google. You know, And that was fascinating to me. I was like, I didn't think, oh, Bitcoin, I'm going to make money. That's not the first thing for me. That was not the first thing for me. The penny dropped immediately when I read about blockchain technology was that this is going to disrupt. This is going to take the intermediary away, which is really fascinating because now when I interview people who are some of the people for my podcast, I interview are like uh, maximalist Bitcoiners. Right. And actually, I always have this conversation with them and, and disagreement because a lot of them say that, oh, blockchain is only about Bitcoin. You know, that they don't really see the value of blockchain technology in all the other areas that it can contribute to. Whereas I'm just so fascinated, so surprised that these people don't see the value of blockchain technology in all these other things. I'm with you. So you started a podcast, obviously, and like, let's bring it maybe up to the present. Like, what are you doing now? Talk about InPeak a little bit and the connection between all these things, because I think people will find that really interesting. Yeah, sure. So for a very long time, I didn't actually talk about it publicly at all. The first time I mentioned blockchain, in 2017, I made a documentary called The Millennial Disruption, which came out in 2018. I went all the way to New York and interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk for it. I had people from The Economist, um, you know, Marie Claire, Bentley, Jaguar, Land Rover, Steinway, all these brands. We were all talking about, you know, social media and we were talking about how millennials' behaviors were different. At the end of that documentary, I had a closing remark, which was about blockchain. But basically I said, if you can't get your head around what's happening in the world of social media right now, what are you going to do when blockchain technology is here? And that's it. That was the only mention of blockchain technology that I had. Then I didn't talk about blockchain technology publicly until 2021. And I didn't even buy Bitcoin. You know, I was one of those early Bitcoiners. I didn't buy any of that. The, the reason why I didn't buy had more 
of a personal, you know, that like I was in a relationship at the time with somebody who didn't approve of it. And we were always arguing about it. I remember we actually had an argument about blockchain technology in a three Michelin star <laughs> restaurant, you know, you know, and I actually cried. I was like, you know, I'm like trying to explain, you know, so I didn't talk about it. Like, so everybody around me didn't approve of it. Nobody understood it, you know? So I was like, okay, I just kind of suppressed my interest in blockchain. And then at the end of 2020, in the heat of the pandemic, one day I remember I was like lying in bed and like thinking to myself about like, I like I had downloaded the Coinbase app for a very long time on my phone, but I didn't do anything with it. You know, I even created an account, but I never bought anything. I was like lying in bed in the middle of this pandemic and thinking about the financial markets and, and how things are changing. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, like the way that they are throwing money at people, like this is not sustainable. So, um, so at the time I was given some loan uh, for, you know, a business loan because of the pandemic. And I was like, I'm going to take that money and buy crypto. Right. And, and of course I bought at the, at the top, right. You know, <laughs> but I got hooked and I was like, okay, all of the stuff that I learned about blockchain for the past few years, all of the books that I read, I don't care if I lose all this money, I'm just going to experiment with it and, and I'm going to learn more about it. But again, I didn't talk about it publicly at all for another um, like year and a half or so. And it was towards the end of 2021 when I had already created the platform. Initially, it was called Fempic because initially it was going to be focused on women. And then we decided to, you know, expand it. As I was like going through all the all this period, you know, a lot of times as I was talking to people in in meetings, etc., I had my laptop here with like all the different uh, Binance and everything, you know, with like my charts and everything. And I got into trading and like, like it was so interesting. And people were like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trading, uh, you know, crypto. And, and they were like, what? <laughs> you know, so then I realized that more and more people are starting to become more interested in it. I started to see definitely a trend developing there. And especially it was around October last year with the NFT boom that I was like, okay, this is now about culture. You know, this is no longer just about money. This is about culture. This is the next iteration of social media. You know, this is where, like what I talked about in that documentary, when I said, you know, that documentary was about marketing. It was about business. And at the end of it, I was like, if you can't get your head around social media, what are you going to do when blockchain technology is here? Now it's here. Now I need to go all in. And I went all in and I, I rebranded the platform. You know, I went like, I, like all in. And I was like, I don't care if people don't approve. And some of our early investors didn't approve, you know, or they were like skeptical. So some people didn't approve of the, of the change. And, you know, some of the platform users that we had also didn't approve. And some of them were, were very excited about it. So it was like so polarizing. What was so interesting was that it's just, this is such a polarizing and divisive concept. And a lot of people they're like, they love it. They're so curious. And there, there are people that are like, no, I'm not touching this, you know, with a 10 foot pole. So I just got to a point that I had conviction that this is the way that things are going. And, you know, and it's especially when I saw that, okay, Gary Vaynerchuk is also going in that direction, you know, and like, and I interviewed Gary for my documentary. So I was like, okay, this is the time, like the time is here now. 
And of course, I don't think the time is here now in the sense of it's not yet ubiquitous. You know, it's not like everywhere, but definitely there is a community forming and there is something there. And it's really exciting time to be there. Well, I love this and I I didn't state this at the beginning, but your podcast focuses exclusively on the same kinds of things my podcast focuses on. So this is an area of of, uh, a niche area that you are focusing on. And, you know, just like people would look at you strange when you were trading crypto not so long ago, there are plenty of businesses that are here listening right now to us or watching us, depending on what platform they're on. And they're not sure why they should consider getting into, for example, NFTs. I would love to hear your thoughts, like because I'm sure you've you've worked with a number of businesses and kind of helped overcome some of these objections. Why should they Why should they focus on NFTs? That's such a good question. Uh, for me, NFTs, the first thing about them is about community building. So it, it's a new way of building community that was never there before. And if you think about it, I, you know when I when I used to give a lot of talks about social media and marketing before I started working about on Web3, I always used to tell people that in the past, marketing was a broadcast. And when I say in the past, I'm talking about, you know, the times of Mad Men, right? Like, you know, if you think of like, you know, the times of Don Draper, marketing was a broadcast, right? So, you you know, these were people who would sit around a room and come up with a collateral, you know, a t- television ad, and they they would then broadcast that, Right. Then with social media, marketing became a dialogue because it was no longer a broadcast. So it was the time when you would publish something on social media, people could respond. You know, so people would look at, um, actually in my documentary, some of the brands that, that we interviewed, some of them were saying like, you know, like 10 years ago, we were sitting in boardrooms thinking, oh my God, what are we going to do now? Social media is here because people can talk back, right? So they can tell you, they can write about you uh, publicly on social media if they're not happy about what you're doing. So we went from being a broadcast to marketing being a dialogue. Now with NFTs, uh, something else is happening. Not that it's no longer a dialogue, but it's now in addition to being a dialogue, it's now also about ownership. It's about sharing your IP. So when you share your NFT, you're, you're essentially sharing a part of your IP. And if people aren't happy with it, they can sell that. They can exit that community. And also what it does, NFTs, they allow you, not just NFTs, tokens in general, they allow you to align incentives between the different players in an ecosystem, right? So so you think about actually, you know, I'm a moonbird, you're a moonbird. You know, we know what it's like. With like, It's in our interest that the proof ecosystem succeeds because if, if the value of moonbirds goes up, it means that, if and when you decide to exit, you can exit at either the same price that you bought or much higher, right? So this is the beauty of it. It's like, it's a way to share value and to align incentives. And that allows you to create a much more robust community and a stronger relationship with your community. So people often uh, don't realize that that NFTs are about community building. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. And I'll give everyone an example of something I just did in the last 24 hours. In the world of Web3, there's this company called Ledger, which I'm sure you are very familiar with. They're the kind of a little hardware security device that allows you to securely store your crypto and your NFTs. And they just launched something called the Ledger Marketplace or Ledger Market. And if you were fortunate enough to be on the the wait list, which I was, I got one for 0.3 Ethereum. 
And then I bought another one today for 0.569 Ethereum. Now to translate that, the one I bought today was $800 and the one I bought yesterday was $431. Now anybody who knows anything about, and by the way, the, the value proposition for this brand ledger is that you're going to get an exclusive limited edition physical ledger, all black one. But anybody who knows anything about ledgers know that you can buy one of those for like maybe $89, maybe $150. Why would I pay so much more, right? Well, first of all, I have four ledgers. Secondly, I respect the brand. They're kind of the leaders in security when it comes to the world of NFTs. And also there are only 8,000 people that own 10,000 of these ledgers, ledger Genesis NFTs. I have two. So I'm like an anomaly, right? Cause I own more than one. And in my mind, I'm now tied more to this brand ledger, even though I'm going to get two of these ledgers and I know they're doing exclusive things. I've decided to invest you know, all in like $1,500 or whatever. I'm not doing good math on the fly, but because I believed in the brand, now I have a unique equity stake, if you will, and a limited edition kind of supply thing. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I actually minted it as well. I was also on the allow list. So, and it's not just that you get that physical device. There's lots of other things that they give you. I, you know, I could like go to their website and and look at, you know, all the different collaborations that they're building. So it means that every time they have a collaboration, there will be other things that the other drops that will happen and you will become part of it. You're you're almost like an equity holder in that company. And who knows, like in five years time, you know, those ledgers will become in the NFT space. Things move so fast that those ledgers are probably going to be vintage, you know, <laughs> like 100%. Really what we're here to talk about today is how NFTs can be used as a marketing tool, right? You and I both have marketing backgrounds. We both come from the social marketing world and I've been in the marketing world for a long, long time, as I'm sure you have. So how can NFTs be used for marketing? Because I would love to give some examples. Obviously we just gave one with Ledger, but I would love to talk about like your thoughts on the brands that you're seeing out there, whether they're well-known, whether they have physical products, whether they're virtual, it doesn't really matter, but let's explore some use cases of how NFTs actually can be not just an investment vehicle for consumers, but can be a marketing vehicle for the company that's launching the NFT. Well, you just gave the example of Ledger. Look, it depends on what you're building, right? So, but uh, let me give you an example of a physical product, you know, a, another physical product. So one of the investors in my company has a company called Meta Brew Society. And what they're doing is they're uh, using NFTs to raise, you know, essentially funds. You can think of it, you know, one way that NFTs can be used is like sort of like a Kickstarter campaign. So you, you then take those tokens and then give people something for it, right? And those people get a reward for being an early supporter. So what he's doing, he's uh, using NFTs to uh, get 6,000 people to buy these NFTs, to mint them. And then he's using that money to buy a beer brewery. Oh, cool. Uh, right? And he's a Moonbird holder and a proof member as well, right? So then he's putting his Moonbird um, you know, on the beer, right? And he's doing a limited edition for Moonbird holders who are doing that. Then, uh, you know, he can do a similar one for his ape. He can do one for his doodle, right? Because one of the beauties of these things is that when you have that NFT, at least I know for sure that that's the case with anything to do with apes and also with moon bears. I'm not entirely sure about doodles. I think it's the same thing. It's like when you hold that, you own the right 
to your moonbird, not to the name of the moonbird, but to your moonbird, right? So my moonbird, you know, is now part of my brand. You know, I, I even have my moonbird sitting on my shoulder, you know, in my pictures and, and in my, I'm just creating a, a new TikTok series. It's going to be sitting on my uh, shoulder. I've had it animated. So like there's things that you can do with that, right? So, so here's an, an example of a, a brand that is being built that not only he's using NFTs to reward his early adopters. So he's saying that if you mint this NFT, you get 200 cans of beer per year for three years. And then after that as well, if the brand is doing really well and, and you know, the market is, is great, you know, he will continue for as long as it's possible to provide his early adopters with value. And then he's going to have like a beer festival in Germany and people can go to this, you know, the NFT holders. So there are all these ways that he's literally building a relationship with his early adopters. So you can think of NFTs as being a way to build relationship. And then usually you give the most amount of value to your early adopters. And then, you know, then the next ones will have slightly less value and then and so on and so forth. So the bigger the brand becomes, the earlier adopters will be most rewarded. And they're more rewarded because they're taking the risk to be there to support that brand early on when other people weren't there. Just kind of like think about Facebook, right? If Facebook had tokens, like how cool would it have been? And then you could be like, you know, early adopters of Facebook would really benefit from it. Yeah, there's so many fascinating layers to this MetaBrew Society example. Um, first of all, the founder of this has taken a Moonbird. You and I both have Moonbirds. And it's true, you have the graphic IP rights to the actual bird, not the name Moonbirds, but the, the graphics, as long as you hold it. And I've seen also people do this with restaurants in like Los Angeles with Bored Ape, and I think other people are working on films and stuff. But so he's tapping into an entity that already exists because there's only like 6,700 Moonbird holders, right? So of course, Kevin Rose is probably going to promote this because it's an exciting application of one of the members of the Moonbird. And he's also part of Proof, which is an even smaller collective. But I also like the idea that he's using the Moonbirds to fund this brewery. Is he going to have a physical store or is this all going to be online? Do you know if that's... Well, he he's buying a brewery. So there will be the actual brewery, the whole uh, you know space of it. And then they're also going to have a space in Decentraland. So there's also going to be like a twin of that in Decentraland. But uh, with their beer festivals, it will happen on site on the actual brewery. I love that. And also, I like the idea that perhaps if you walk in the door and you happen to be a holder, there's going to probably be some special perks, I would imagine. Just like with the Board Ape Yacht Club, we've seen the restaurant that's somewhere in California gives a free burger or whatever if you happen to be a board ape member, right? So these are yeah. fascinating marketing stories. And I would imagine he could also leverage this as a fascinating PR opportunity to get a lot of press, right? Exactly. Of course. Of course, yes. Do you have any other examples of other businesses, whether they be big or small, that are successfully using NFTs for marketing? We are going to do that, you know, for our educational platform. So, so here's another example of how it can be used in an education space. So we are going to have an NFT drop and our NFT holders will get a three-year access to the platform. So currently the platform membership right now is about $300. It's probably going to increase because we are adding so much value to it. 
the NFT holders will be able to mint their NFT for around $500 or depending on what the price of ETH is at the time. And that is going to give them access for three years, but also it's going to give them access to our Discord channel, which other members, other normal kind of members won't get because other members will only get access to the kind of recorded content. And uh, the NFT holders will be able to be in the same Discord channel with our speakers and our you know educators, and they can ask their questions. They will be able to build relationship and network with other people who are learning in the space. And it's a fantastic way for people to learn. We are also going to be adding a section uh, to the platform, which is called NFT Insider and or Web3 Insider, where we uh, are bringing people who are building applications in this space or, or have interesting NFTs to come in and talk about what they're doing. And we essentially, we are going to create like a directory so that as new people come into the space, they can go there and learn. So we are, I'm thinking about possibly creating another tier of NFT just for builders, you know, and for for people who, who want to be part of that group. So there, these are all ways that you can use it to build community and market it. Okay, marketer to marketer, I have a question. It's one thing to have the utility that comes with an NFT, it's another thing to turn the NFT holder into a marketer evangelist for your product, because you could argue what you're doing could be done with fiat money, right? It doesn't have to be done with NFTs. So how is it that, uh, and we could potentially, you know, the Moonbirds example is a different one with the Metabrew because there's so many fascinating stories there, but how does the NFT become a marketing vehicle? Do you understand? That's the connection I want to, I want to make a little bit. If you think about the fact that as a, a NFT holder, you will be able to have access to those speakers, you know, those people who are, you know, the, the thought leaders in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise. You know, like, for example, imagine that you come into a session and we have somebody like Laura Shin there, right? And she she's there. And because you are a an NFT holder, you have the ability to actually come on stage and talk to her directly. So what does that do? You know, I, I did something similar where I put myself in a position where I was in a same Zoom call with Zeneca. And then I managed to talk to him. And in that Zoom call, I told him what I was building. And then we became friends. And now he is one of our educators, right? So these are really unique opportunities where people, and then people go and talk about that. You know, they're like, you know, this is actually a great uh, networking opportunity that you wouldn't get otherwise. Like, where else would you be in the same Zoom call with this person where you could actually raise your hand and you could come in and talk to them directly? And, you know, you could even ask in the chat, like, you know, you could say, uh, can I message you? Can I, you know, and connect with you? So these are all the ways that we are going to be able to give people value in a way that they can go and talk about it. The other thing is I'm thinking about doing something very unique where we have our own IRL, you know, real life events and people get access to me. You know, they can come in and meet me directly. So one of the things that I'm thinking of doing, you know, I'm fascinated by everything to do with science and technology. So especially anything to do with space, with AI. So for example, I may want to go and visit Boston Dynamics, right? So I could say that, um, you know, I can take 30 people with me, you know, and then people can enter into a raffle. So only NFT holders can enter into a raffle to come to this thing with me. So this is like an environment that is not related to work and NFTs. It's an opportunity for those people to build relationships with me and 
you know, maybe some of our speakers who are in that area, right? So I'm building a network, you know, through my podcast, through the content that I'm creating, I'm building a strong network and I'm willing to share that network with my NFT holders. And this is a great way that they can go and talk about it and say, look, you know, I went on this trip with Somi, we went to Boston Dynamic or we went to, you know, CERN, you know, maybe I can go to CERN with a group of, with, with a small group of 10 people, right? So th- there are these unique things that I want to do with people, which is like to do with science and technology, maybe go to stargazing in Dubai, you know, all right. Like there are all these opportunities, ways that people are willing to, you know, make a holiday out of it and go to these things and hang out and meet with other people. And they know that other people who take the uh, plunge to do those those things, they are also serious. So it's a, usually amazing networks are built through these uh, relationships. I think what I'm hearing you say is the key to using NFTs as kind of uh, enabling, if you will, evangelism and marketing amongst your holders is to give them the opportunity to participate in experiences that they naturally were going to want to talk about. For example, I was at NFT NYC. I got to go to the Moonbirds event. They spent a lot of money on that. If I was fanatical, I would have tweeted all about it with all the pictures. I didn't, but others did, right? So this was a great experience that they built specifically for, and it was hard to get into also, right? Because there was only like a thousand spots or whatever, and there was more than a thousand people that wanted to get in. So I'm seeing all these opportunities with a lot of these smart NFT collections to create experiences. And they did this with Kevin Blaine or wait, is that right? Is that his name? Yeah, uh, well, uh, David Blaine, David Blaine. Yeah. David Blaine, the magician, yeah. right? So, so they've got all these fascinating opportunities to build really cool things that will get the holders excited about it or the right ones excited about it so that they're going to share it out in the socials or they're going to privately tell all their friends, dude, you got to go out and buy one of these NFTs. It's amazing. Right? I mean, just one of my friends today, bought four of these ledger nfts and i'm all why'd you buy four you only need one and he's all well dot 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 and the reason he bought four is because he believes in the experience that ledger is going to be building and he believes that having the option having four options to be able to get these exclusive nft partnerships is going to be more valuable than just having one so it sounds like that's the key right yeah and like i talked about my moonbird in my ted talk right in front of a thousand people Right. And then that gets recorded, goes online. Why did you choose to do that? What was the motivation behind that? Why did you decide to do that? Because I was talking about technology, how it's moving and decentralization. And the the title of my talk was the next generation of democracy is being built on the next generation of the Internet. Are you ready for it? Okay. So I was talking about democracy and decentralization. And I wanted to give people an example of how to get involved and how by being early they could benefit from, you know, these frankly mad opportunities. You know, I literally use the word mad in my talk. I was like, opportunities are mad. It is mad because if you think about it, like I bought my Moonbird for seven and a half thousand dollars and then it was worth a hundred and thirty thousand dollars in a within a week of, you know, at the time of buying it, you know, minting it. So it only happened because I was there early and I participated, right? And there are people who did the same thing with CryptoPunks. There are people who did the same thing with, you know, Bored Apes. And it's the same thing it's going to be with my platform. It's going to be the same thing with Metabrew Society. You know, in two years time, we are not going to be having NFTs for those prices. Or if we do, they won't be with the same kind of utility, the, the same kind of 
because it's going to expand. It's kind of like the difference between being early on, you know, on Instagram. And, you know, if you were early on Instagram, you would have become an influencer very quickly. You know, I was early on LinkedIn, you know, and I became a very early LinkedIn content creator. And then, you know, I built a, re- a really strong, you know, network there. So it's the same thing with NFTs. It's no different. So this is the next opportunity. There are plenty of marketers listening right now. Some of them are entrepreneurial like you and the person starting the MetaBrew Society and others work for businesses. Maybe they're trying to persuade themselves or persuade their boss that they ought to get started with an NFT project. So what are some of the first things they need to be thinking about if they're going to go out there and they're going to do something like what we've been talking about? Yeah. So I would say, look, you need to get involved. There is no amount of reading that's going to help. You know, like one of the best things that you can do is join in peak, you know, not not uh, not to just plug that, but seriously, the amount of work that we have done to make these things really, uh, really tangible for people. And this is one of the ways that people can can start learning about it. And then just go on a learning spree, go on YouTube, learn all these things, but then actually take the plunge and buy. Look, I'm not saying go and buy a, a tens of thousand dollars of, you know, like Moonbird or anything like that. Just like there are so many interesting projects out there. And this is one of the things that we are doing on our platform is to introduce those projects. There are projects that you can get involved with, you know, that you can buy for a couple of hundred dollars you know, or, or $50, $100. And, and that gives you access to those communities. Like for women, for example, one of the best communities out there is, well, actually there's so many great ones, but the ones that are really affordable right now, one of them is BFF, one of them is Boss Beauties. And like all of those, the prices are down. Um, you know, all of those are amazing communities. You buy one of those NFTs, you go into their Discord channel and start to get to know them, right? And like, you are going to start learning all of the the language that is used in the space. So I'm actually starting a new TikTok a series. Uh, and in each one, it's going to be all like 30 seconds. And in each one, I'm going to explain the different things that we use. For example, in the NFT space, look, the space actually in my TikTok series, as I'm writing the script, the first one is going to be the, about the space. The fact that we call it the space, right? This is, uh, you know, we, we say the space is like very optimistic right now, you know, like that kind of thing. So, so that's one thing. The other thing is that, you know, there's like, for example, uh, we don't say entrepreneurs, we say builders. We call companies or what they are building, we call them projects. You know, we say an NFT project, like we are calling a $100 million company like Proof, we call it a, a project, right? So the, the language is different. So they need to get involved uh, to start feeling that and like, you know, and, and like start to speak the language and, and get involved. And it's so interesting when you get in. It's very flat. I was about to say that it's not hierarchical. It can be hierarchical, but in a different way. It's like, it's more like there's a lot of respect for people who are early. So the, the earlier you are, you know, it's like, uh, it, it's not hierarchical in a class type of way, but it's more about being an OG, being like, you know, a and I'm not like super OG, you know, like. But someone's going to look at us as OG because we got Moonbirds. You know what I mean? Right. On on the day that came out. Yes. Yeah. We are OGs. Like I minted my Moonbird, right? So that's pretty OG. Yeah. I bought mine the same day you did, but I didn't get a chance to mint it. But still, we bought them on the same day. You know what I mean? So we got in the project at the same time. And that makes us, that's going to eventually make us OGs, uh, right? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So either you're early or you spend a lot of money later on getting in or, because some of these projects are going to be inaccessible. Honestly, eventually they're going to be inaccessible. Yeah, there is going to be a time. It's kind of like vintage, right? Like people say, oh, it's not fair. Well, it's not fair that, you know, Sex Pistols uh, records are uh, worth that much money right now, right? It's kind of like thinking of it like that. So they become vintage. These are the vintage of uh, the digital space. And for people that do work inside of a like corporation, like my company has a bunch of employees, one of the things you can try to do is persuade someone in the company to actually allocate some money, quote unquote, Ethereum or Bitcoin, and actually purchase the crypto and then buy the NFTs as assets that are owned by the corporation. Now, I'm not a financial expert, but we hold a lot of assets. All six of our Moonbirds are owned by Social Media Examiner, which is our corporation. Almost everything that I have that's valuable, my V friends are held by Social Media Examiner. It just makes it a little easier when they're kind of on book assets and it's a little complicated, not super complicated, but this way you kind of treat it as a research R&D project, right? that actually might have upside, right? When you buy into some of these projects, they might actually go up in value and you could sell them down the road. But getting into the discords, I think is where the magic happens. Why don't you talk a little bit about if you buy into a project, like how do you participate? How do you actually start networking? And like, I know this has been a big part of your story. Oh yeah, definitely. Look, you know that I spent $140,000 on my proof pass, right? So it gives me access to a closed environment, a closed discord where you know, there are about a thousand, although some people own two. So like I would say about six or 700 people who are serious about the space, right? And the things that I hear there, the stuff that I'm learning, honestly, I can't put a price on them. You know, the way that people are talking about even the evolution of proof itself, you know, I'm seeing the feedback that people are giving very openly, you know, like we openly talk about, you know, uh, shortcomings and we openly talk about something that was done so well, you know, so it's like so interesting to see these and as a builder in this space, you know, which is another way of saying as an entrepreneur, you know, in this, in this area, I'm learning things. Uh, you know, I actually decided to shelf one of our projects. So I started, um, you know, I, I created a whole 10K PFB project and we were going to release it. But once I got into Moonbirds and I started learning things in that Discord and then, of course, joined Proof, I decided to shelf that project completely. And now we are going to do things in a different way because I learned that it wasn't going to work what I had in mind. Well, and another advantage that uh, we might want to mention briefly is two of the different projects I'm part of, Bulls and Apes and Moonbirds, I've gotten into the option to get into venture capital deals I've never done venture capital before, but because I'm part of these smaller networks, I've had options for some really big brands that you all know to, to actually invest in these companies before pre-IPO. So these are the kind of things that happen when you're in the right, quote unquote, virtual rooms, you know, with the right people. Actually, on that note, you know, the gentleman from Metabrew Society, Moonbird, he also invested 300,000 pounds in my company. Wow. And that wouldn't have happened if you weren't part of that proof collective, right? Well, no, it, it wouldn't have. Or is that a Moonbird's? Moonbirds, because uh, he actually became a Proof Collective uh, member after me, but he was a Moonbird and we met in that way. And then he was like, I didn't even ask for it. We should state that I said right at the beginning when I first met you that I was a Moonbird and that changed the conversation instantly, didn't it? Exactly. Right. Like literally it changed the conversation.
This is the power, folks, of this kind of stuff that we're talking about, NFTs. Sami, tell everybody where they can discover you on the socials. What's your favorite social platform? And if you want to uh, send them over to check out InPeak, where do they go for that as well? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, if you just Google me, Somi Arian, S-O-M-I-A-R-I-A-N, Somi Arian, you know, all my socials come up. Nowadays, hanging a lot more on Twitter. I used to be more on LinkedIn, but now I'm more on Twitter because most of the NFT community is on Twitter. And about in peak, it's in as in I-N and peak as in reaching your peak. All right. So in peak, one word, in peak dot X, Y, Z. And you know, get involved and it's, it's also on Twitter as well. Sami, Ariane, thank you so much for coming on and answering all my questions and providing your thoughts and wisdom. We're way better because of it. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. If you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C33. And if you're new to the show, be sure to follow us and by the way, if you've been listening for a little while, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelsner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelsner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web3 continue to change your world. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.